Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. So the yin yoga practice actually allows space where it's just you and yourself. Now, however, for a lot of people, that can be daunting. That can be like, whoa, I cannot just sit still, right? And that's when a skilled yin yoga teacher comes in to either through a guided meditation, storytelling, metaphors, it helps you to just kind of ease into your emotional self. So you are able to gain a better understanding of where you're at emotionally and what you need to grow. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. It is episode number 100. I cannot believe that I have done 100 episodes of this podcast. I started it in January 2020. And for about a year before I started it, I think I thought every day about doing a podcast. And it just got to the point where I thought, Danielle, you've got to stop making excuses that you haven't got enough time. Is it worth it? Will anyone listen to it? And just put that fear to one side and just dedicate myself to doing it. So I have done it every week without fail. And sometimes even bonus business episodes, as you know, so sometimes we have an episode that comes out on a Wednesday too, which is more sort of online business teaching advice. So yes, we have done 100 episodes. I I can't quite believe it. And this week we have a gorgeous guest. We have Annie Ao and she is a yin yoga educator. She is an expert in traditional Chinese medicine. And we really delve in, in this episode, into seven common emotions that we will all feel, how they are related to certain organs in our body, and what practical, easy and everyday strategies we can use to start to harmonise and balance those emotions. Because in traditional Chinese medicine, there's no such thing as a good emotion or a bad emotion. It really is just about looking at which ones are balanced and imbalanced and actually trying to harmonise those as much as we can with really easy, effective techniques that all of us can integrate into our day-to-day life, however busy we are. So before we get into that episode, I just wanted to remind you that I have a blog. Now, some of you may already be avid readers of my blog, and if you are, huge gratitude to you. But if you're not, you can just go to my website, faceyogaexpert.com, and just click blog, and you will see there a lot of blogs. 
So actually, we're nearly at 100 blogs as well. We're about number 94, I believe. So I do a blog twice a week and it's related to face yoga and wellness. And it's very similar to the podcast. So it really is about my advice, but also drawing on lots of other wellness experts advice as well. And sometimes I even draw inspiration from the podcast. So you, if you ever think to yourself, oh, I would love some of these top tips from this podcast, but in a really easy, digestible, written form. The blog is the place to go. So go and have a little browse through that blog. I'm sure you will absolutely love it. And on Tuesday, my book, The Face Yoga Journal, launches here in the UK. And the rest of the world is slightly delayed at the moment. It is going to be 19th of October, but it's still not very long to wait. So you can now pre-order The Face Yoga Journal. It's available on Amazon. It's available in lots of good bookshops for pre-order at the moment and then it will be available on online and in real life bookshops in the coming weeks. So I'm super excited about this. It is amazing. 52 gorgeous face yoga techniques, loads of space in there for you to journal. You're guided all the way through for an entire year. You can start it straight away next week. You can start it next month. It doesn't matter. It's undated, but I recommend that you do 52 weeks of face yoga and just do a minimum of two minutes per day. So your one face yoga pose and your one wellness hack, which I recommend for you to do daily as well. But of course, if you can do more, that is wonderful. There's space to record that and that guides you exactly how to do it. But it's there just to give you that little bit of motivation and that little bit of accountability too. So without further ado, let's go into this week's podcast episode with the lovely Annie. Annie, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Danielle, and thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I am thrilled that you're on the podcast. I know you have so much wisdom (laughs) to share when it comes to yoga, yin yoga, traditional Chinese medicine, and I have so many questions I want to ask you. (laughs) Fire away. I'm all yours. I love that. So what I want to start off asking you, which really, really intrigues me, is when did your journey into particularly the yin yoga and the traditional Chinese medicine side of things happen? Mm -hmm. Well, this all went back to the beginning of my yoga journey in 2012. And at that time, I was going through my first like tremendous breakup and it prompted me to go on a yoga journey. At that time, I didn't know anything about yoga. I used to be a professional dancer in contemporary arts. And when I signed up for my yoga course, it turned out to be Ashtanga yoga. And through Ashtanga, I realized my personality and also my healing journey, nothing wrong with Ashtanga. It just wasn't for me. And then yin yoga just came into my life and everything changed. I realized I can move into a space for real healing, especially with my heartbreak. And I then really loved yin yoga and I decided to take many yin yoga teacher trainings to enhance my knowledge. And I took three different yin yoga teacher trainings and they were amazing. But however, something just didn't resonate with me. None of them 
taught me about the emotional side of yin yoga. So then <laughs> I decided to create my own. <laughs> I decided to turn to my culture. So I'm Chinese. I was born in Hong Kong. And then I moved to Canada when I was 10 years old. And a lot of my culture, even as an immigrant in Canada, in our family, our language is surrounding about traditional Chinese medicine. My mom would make the soups that has all the herbs. And when we're sick, she instead of using uh, Western medicine, she does, but she also incorporates a lot of the traditional Chinese medicine to help us. So when I was learning about my culture and how a lot of it has to do with yin yoga. I saw the correlation and then I dove into it. So now I literally created the only yin yoga teacher training that focuses on the emotional side of yin yoga and Chinese meridians. That's my journey. The old journey is so amazing. <laughs> and I love how it's almost like everything that you've gone through in your life, right from your heritage and your childhood has led you to this moment now, which just seems so perfect. And you're right, yin yoga is so deep and it's so wonderful, but it's so connected to our emotion. And I just think it's fantastic that you've been able to marry the two together so, so beautifully. And I know that there may be some people listening that love yin yoga and are very into traditional Chinese medicine and other people perhaps haven't heard of yin yoga. So maybe you could just very briefly explain exactly what yin yoga is and, and how it can help us. I would love to. So on the physical side, yin yoga practice is where we rest into the yin yoga poses, which most of them are seated posture. And then we're going to hold these seated posture between three to five minutes, more or less passively. And while we're holding the poses, because of this passive nature, we primarily target the connective tissue, which is the fascia. And through regular practice, our connective tissue will actually morph and adapt to the, the long shapes of our body. So that is the physical aspect. So the physical benefits are increased range of motion, flexibility, and also on the physiological side, it helps you to relax um, a lot easier. It calms the nervous system. Now, I have another explanation is the emotional side. Because yin yoga forces, not forces us, but it facilitates us to hold poses for a while, we have a space to really reflect our emotional landscape. You know, in our everyday life, Danielle, we are always going from one activity to the next. And if it's not a physical activity, it's in a mental activity. Like most of us have a hard time slowing down our thoughts. So the yin yoga practice actually allows space where it's just you and yourself. Now, however, for a lot of people, that can be daunting. That can be like, whoa, I cannot just sit still, right? And that's when a skilled yin yoga teacher comes in to either through a guided meditation, storytelling, metaphors, it helps you to just kind of ease into your emotional self. So you are able to gain a better understanding of where you're at emotionally and what you need to grow. So that's kind of like the my definition of a holistic practice of yin yoga. 
It's a beautiful definition. And I resonate hugely with that. I got into, I mean, I trained as a yoga teacher many, many years ago and been teaching yoga for gosh more than 16 years now but I only really got into a personal yin yoga practice at the beginning of the pandemic and I had a wonderful teacher called Phoebe Greenacre come on the podcast and she was talking a lot about yin yoga and the benefits of it and she invited me to use her online self-care space where she offers yin yoga as well as lots of other types of yoga And that was my real experience of using it quite deeply because I had done a few yin yoga poses within yoga classes before, but actually to spend an hour or an hour and a half really delving into these poses was so powerful for me. And I found it really helpful, particularly over the winter here in the UK, because I think we have much shorter days. The days can often be quite dark and quite cold. And I felt that rather than fighting that and rather than trying to go against my nature, which felt actually I wanted to hibernate. I mean, of course, we were forced to hibernate because of the pandemic, but rather than saying, "Okay, well, I want to move and I have to go fast and I have to work out. I just sort of stepped into that a little bit and did yin yoga probably daily, actually, for a number of weeks, maybe even months over the winter at the end of last year. And it was amazing. And like you say, when you're being guided properly by the right teacher who is able to tell the stories, use affirmations, perhaps read poems or mantras, it allows you to go deeper, I believe, than even just a straightforward meditation, because I'm like many, many people. I mean, I have practiced meditation for many years, but still struggle for my mind to not wander or the usual, you know, it's like my body wants to move a little bit, but it's very different for me in yin yoga. I feel like I can really connect and I can truly relax properly. And I love yin yoga. And of course, I love traditional Chinese medicine too, which is actually what I want. <laughs> want to talk about with you too one of the posts which I love that you did on your amazing Instagram page recently was about seven key emotions that are talked about in traditional Chinese medicine and that post really spoke to me because rarely I see someone really lay out those emotions so beautifully and then talk about how we can harmonize them so what I'd love to ask you to do today is maybe talk us through a little bit about those seven emotions perhaps about the organs that they're related to and then how we can harmonize them. Absolutely, absolutely. So in traditional Chinese medicine, something we need to understand is that, first of all, the mind and body are always connected. So therefore, if we're experiencing illness in the physical body, it is almost for sure that your mental body, your emotional health will go with it. Yeah. And secondly, is in traditional Chinese medicine, there are actually three different ways where you can get sick. Firstly, is from purely environmental. So like you said, in the wintertime, when you're fighting colds and or summer and you're dealing with heat, purely that can cause us illness. But secondly, it can be emotions. So that means illnesses can come from within us. So emotions usually tie with our belief system or it can be um, transitions in different stages of our life. It could be different events that happen in our life. 
And then the last way where we could be getting sick is they call it in, not internal, not external. It sounds way better in Chinese, but when I translate it, it sounds a little bit funny. <laughs> but literally, it's just our lifestyle. How do we handle our lifestyle? Because stress is not in something is not intrinsically stressful. Someone can work 80 hours a week and someone can work one hour a week and they can still say they're stressed out. Right. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the third way is literally how do we manage our um, perspective of stress? Now, coming back to the post on the seven emotions, to me, this is the area where I see most people lack understanding because we go through so many emotions throughout the day. And actually, a lot of people are trapped in a single emotion that can be grief, that can be fear, and that over time can generate into a physical illness. So let me explain the seven emotions in TCM. And TCM stands for traditional Chinese medicine. The seven emotions are joy, anxiety, contemplation, anger, grief, fright, and then fear. Now, these seven emotions through trial and error, experimentation and observation in the 2,500 years of Chinese medicine, the Chinese medicine doctors were able to tie these emotions to specific organs. So within our organs, if there are any sort of imbalances, it is commonly seen in the patient, they express certain type of emotions. And these are the negative emotions in TCM. Now, let's tackle joy. Yeah, we'll go one by one and I'll just kind of explain to you which emotion ties with which organs. Now, joy sounds like a wonderful emotion. Why would it be negative, right? But imagine if someone is always overstimulated, always excited. Maybe it's like, hey, Danielle, you asked me to, to have a cup of coffee and I see you every day for a cup of coffee. And I'm still like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited to see you, Danielle. Like over the top, joyful expression can be harmful. And that is directly tied to our heart organ. So joy is with the heart. Now, anxiety and contemplation together are tied to our spleen organ. Spleen in the framework of TCM is for digestion of our food, but on the emotional side is digestion of our thoughts. So let's say I take a teacher training in yoga and I have all this knowledge, right? I learn everything about yoga, but can I digest these knowledge into wisdom? So that would be the function of the spleen. Yeah. Like we all kind of know that person who's like always book smart, but not so wise. So our spleen actually governs how wise we become. Now, what happens when this organ becomes disharmonized? It, we just get stuck. And that's when uh, contemplation, which is too much thoughts in our head, or anxiety, which is the, the fear, not fear, I don't want to confuse the audience, but anxieties is usually thinking of something that might happen, but it hasn't happened yet, right? And that's all in our head. So therefore, our spleen, our ability to digest our thoughts, turn knowledge into wisdom, ties into our ability to calm our anxiousness and contemplativeness. The next emotion is anger. 
So anger also means frustration or irritation, and that directly links to our liver. If someone has a really Western medical map, I can tie that um, like an overworking liver, like someone who um, overuse alcohol, they usually have a more ag aggressive personality or like a highly assertive personality. In the eyes of TCM, is that's because the liver is in excess. So it's also good to know that in TCM, there is no good or bad. There's only balance or imbalance, excess or deficient. So if your liver is in excess, the tendency is we have a lot of anger. Grief is heavily tied with our lungs. So think like sadness and grief. When we're crying, that is directly connected to our respiratory system. Oftentimes, people with grief, they also have a higher chance of getting asthma. Now, we're not talking about a direct correlation. We're talking about just or a, a direct causation, we're talking about correlation. So therefore someone who is a, has a lot of grief doesn't always have asthma, but when you really talk to people with asthma, they, they tend to have a lot of sad stories you know, to share. And then lastly, the fright and fear is directly linked to our kidneys. Now kidneys is also um, linked with our urinary bladder. So think when someone is super scared, you know, the joke is they pee their pants, but that is heavily tied with our nervous system, right? But another thing about the kidney is actually, it is where we store our essence. Yeah, so in Chinese medicine, they talk about where willpower resides, where our intention resides, and our essence are kind of like what what dictates our longevity in life is stored in our kidneys. So when you're always fearful or you're always in, in like a frightfulness, you're actually harming your longevity of, of lifespan. And these are the seven emotions and the five yin organs, how they tie to each other. Amazing. That's so interesting. And you say that so clearly and so beautifully. And I have written notes on this as we've gone along. So I'm going to make sure in the show notes, I just write those emotions related to each of the organs, just in case anyone listening wants to revisit those. And what I'm so intrigued about, again, how you wrote so beautifully in the post that you did about this, was how we can start to harmonize those emotions. Because of course, like you say, we don't have good or bad emotions. We just have maybe things that are out of balance or imbalance. So how can we start to balance those emotions and balance those organs? Or are there any sort of key tips that you've got? Absolutely. And these key tips that I'm about to share can be done every single day. And a lot of it actually do not require you to step on the yoga mat, because I know a lot of people are, they don't, they can't carve out an hour to practice every day. But these tips I'm about to share, for sure, you'll be able to at least integrate one of them. So the best way to harmonize your emotions is actually preventive care to do the routines that you can do throughout the day to manage your, your nervous system. So first one that I highly recommend is taking deep breath. So most modern life living we underbreathe. You know, we only breathe maybe one third of our lung capacity. And 
actually where our oxygen exchange is at the lower third of our lungs. So if you don't deep breathe in, uh, deep enough, you're actually not getting enough oxygen. So I highly recommend to take two minutes out of your day to just take deep breaths. So it can be inhale deeply for three counts and then exhale deeply for three counts. And you can do that for 10 rounds or five rounds, however you can fit into your day. The second tip I would say is if you work full-time or even just working at any a part-time, take a break every 20 minutes, stand up, stretch your body, look outside. That just kind of give your brain the much needed rest. And the brain is directly connected to our nervous system. And that's how we can manage our emotions. The next one is something that I do every day, but I know it can be challenging in people uh, living in colder countries. So I live in Sri Lanka. I take a cold shower every morning. <laughs> and I know it can be really challenging for uh, people living in colder countries, but if you can, taking a cold shower will trigger the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is connected to our nervous system and it has more nerve endings sending from the body to the brain than the brain to the body. So that means just by having cold exposure in the body, it is sending signals to our brain to relax. So it also kind of sharpens your mind without having excessive caffeine. So for the long-term health, it's really beneficial. I also recommend alone time. So I personally is more of an introvert. I enjoy alone time. So if I have to recommend this to extroverts, just have you know a small chunk of your day where it's just you and your thoughts, you and yourself, yeah, and you and your journal. And so having alone time is a great way to just kind of reset yourself. And then you're able to kind of go back to your daily activities. I also recommend a sweaty workout. So I, even though I am a yin yoga educator, I always tell my students, just because you're a yin yoga teacher, you don't have to do yin yoga every day because yin yoga came from the concept of yin yang theory from Taoism. It means balance. So if I have a desk job, right? That means I'm pretty stagnant. I sit most of the day. I am not going to recommend yin yoga every day. I'm going to recommend maybe a sweaty workout, go for a run, do some weight training, because that's the yang activity. Or a vinyasa yoga, that's the yang to your yin. And then maybe add yin yoga once a week. Now, on the other hand, if someone is always active, then I would say, please increase the yin yoga or meditation to bring your, your energy and emotions back into balance. And then lastly, I recommend myofascia ball rolling. Now, a lot of people do uh, ball rolling for connective tissue um, remodeling. So you're able to kind of melt your fascia and increase your range of motion. But not a lot of people know that there are actual nerve endings inside our connective tissue. So that means when you're ball rolling, you are stimulating your nerve endings. So you increase the activities, the connection between the body and the mind. You're able to be more sens sensitive to how you're feeling somatically. And so therefore, myofascial ball rolling is able to release parts of your body that is subconsciously holding tension. And when you release that, there is a direct emotional release. And, and that's why I would also recommend myofascial ball rolling. That's great. So, yeah, so, 
They are just amazing. And when you do the ball rolling, what type of ball do you use? Because for my rolling, I always use quite a large foam roller, which is wonderful, particularly for the lower body, but it doesn't really get into the upper body. And I do also have sort of a small spiky ball that I will sometimes use in my upper body, but it doesn't often get in the way that I want it to. So so tell me what tool you use for that. I use different types of rolling device for different parts of my body. Like you said, right? There are different parts of the body. Just be like, I cannot, my ball doesn't get there. It doesn't get into that, like your sternum or your shin muscle, your tibialis anterior. So I use um, a pretty hard foam roller for big muscles, like my butt, my back. And then I use this kind of medium soft where if you press into it is is actually you can squish it like a squishy spiky myofascia ball rolling so why i use this ball is because oftentimes if the ball is too hard you're resisting when you're resisting inside your connective tissue your mind is actually sending signals to that area to build more collagen now, collagen is for toughness. Elastin is for kind of the stretchy, buoyant sensation. So if you are resisting while you're ball rolling, over time, the body is going to go, wow, you're always resisting. Let me help you. Let me send more collagen in the area to make that tissue tougher, right? And that is why I recommend a degree of softness where it's, it's up to that person, right? Like, you you have to be able to relax into it. Yeah. And so therefore, like what works for me may not work for you. You just have to find a ball where you can relax. And I lastly, I would recommend a ball with spikes because when you lean into it, that spikes is actually going to penetrate even further into the connective tissue and they will get into more surface area. So you're actually getting bonus ball rolling with a spiky ball. Love that. And do you ever do any qigong or sort of shaking or body tapping or anything like that? I do all of them. So in my soulful yin yoga teacher training, I teach qigong, what's called a meridians tapping sequence. And tai chi is just my my personal endeavor. So when I was living in Hong Kong, I was actually with a lot of grannies at the park doing tai chi for an hour every morning. And I loved it. Uh, Tai chi is actually highly choreographed. So um, it is slightly more challenging to teach as an online format. And a lot of people aren't able to uh, follow. So I decided to only focus on Qigong and Meridian's tapping. So Qi, which is energy. So in India, in Sanskrit is prana. In Chinese language is Qi. In Japanese is Ki, like Reiki. They all represent the same thing, which is energy. So Qi can be stimulated, moved by three ways. One is by thought, so where your mind goes, energy flows. One is by movement, like qigong and tai chi and moving. And then by touch. So that's why like, when you get a good massage, it feels amazing. And when you get a bad massage, you almost want to pay that person to stop. <laughs> that's, be- that's because the touch is an exchange of qi, it's an, it's an exchange of energy. So inside my program, I teach Qigong and Meridians tapping as supplementary exercise to enhance a yin yoga experience. So 
yin yoga sequence doesn't always have to be poses and rest, poses and rest. That's, that's more like a modern yin yoga formula. How I teach my students and how I do my yin yoga practice is based on energy. So how do I want to feel that day? If I want, let's say, winter time, earlier you mentioned doing yin yoga in the winter, if we, I'm only doing yin class, uh, yin sequences that helps me relax in the dead of winter, I might be prone to depression. Yeah, because it's just yin on yin. So winter is a season of more of a yin season because everything is more hibernation. So I would add more movement. I would do qigong. I would do tapping to stimulate blood flow. I would do something what I call the dynamic transition. So I would add more movement into my yin but still staying in the context of yin yoga, which is nurturing the body and the mind. So these are the ways that I will integrate movement into my practice. I love that. That's just so wonderful and so beautifully explained. And I think it is really about trying to find that yin and yang balance because it's very easy for us to fall into the trap of living our lives, but also doing our exercise and our wellness routine focused on more of one rather than the other. But like with anything, it's really about finding that balance. And talking about balance, what I would love to ask you as our final question for this episode, and by the way, it's a very special episode because it's episode number 100. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> it is. So not only is it very special because you've shared so much amazing wisdom, but also, yeah, my 100th, 100th episode of the favorite Expert podcast. So what I would like to ask for, for the final question is if you had to pick one top tip or piece of advice for inner peace, what would that be? Yeah, I, I have one. One just kind of keep popping in my head as, as you were asking that question. And I do have many other ones, but this one keeps coming back to me is your yoga practice should make you happier. Oh, amazing. That, that's it. Yeah, really. Like if, if you are, like you said, like Rick, sometimes we get stuck into a routine. Sometimes uh, like myself, I used to do certain types of yoga because I was told to, or that was the only yoga practice sequence that I, I know how. But as I traverse in my yin yoga journey and yoga journey and in life, I realized that your practice is so sacred. And every time you step on the mat is an opportunity to get to know who you are on a di all dimensions, physical, emotional, spiritual. So therefore, your practice should always be helping you to become happier, more fulfilled, and understand your purpose, why you do what you do. I think that's, that's, that's my final message for everybody. I think that's such a beautiful message and I would completely agree and I completely resonate with that as well you know I always say to people you should feel better coming off your yoga mat than when you went on and that should be that should be the goal you know and it doesn't matter whether you've gone on the mat and done a five minute child's pose and that is all or whether you've gone on and you've done you know a fast moving yang strength workout for an hour and a half you should come off feeling better and I feel like the word happier that you use is just so perfect for that as well so Annie if people would like to get in contact with you follow you on social media hear more about your teacher training how can they do that 
Absolutely. And so on my Instagram, my handle is at Annie underscore AU underscore yoga. And if you visit my website, www.nelyoga.com, you can actually enroll for my free three-day soulful yin yoga and meridian starter course where i dive even deeper into um, sharing everything i know about yin yoga and chinese meridians i love that that is amazing and i didn't know you did that free three-day course a wonderful gift to give to people just amazing Absolutely. My pleasure. And that's this course is just the tip of the iceberg of my 70 hour soulful yin yoga teacher training. And this training is on demand, which means you're able to log in and learn at your own pace. And something I learned about on demand, especially for yin yoga training, is that you have time to reflect. Yeah, it's not just jamming knowledge into your brain. It's really about absorbing the knowledge digesting it like i said about the spleen turning the knowledge into wisdom and then grow from there and that is all the information you can find on my website as well i love that and i'm very tempted to do your teacher training course myself i must admit (laughs) i would love to have you (laughs) thank you and thank you so so much for being a guest today you've just been amazing thank you for having me it is truly my pleasure thank you So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.